God is not dead. God is not dead, troop. And what's going on, everybody? We're in the building. Today is November 7th, 2017. Thank you for tuning in and logging on. And today, no, I already said what today is. And welcome to Truth It in the AM. It is your boy Truth It here to address any and all things when it's time to. And it's time to. And by my side, I got the one, the only, too real to be phony. Trooper Joe is in the building. Troop, how are you doing? Doing great. It's a Tuesday. It's election day. It's, it's chilly outside, and I'm getting I'm getting these cheers from the people. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It is cold out here in Worcester and stuff like that. It was nice yesterday, though. It was nice yesterday. But it was in the forties today. Yeah, the cold came. The cold struck back. You know, we, That's don't, right. we don't have the same weather for uh, over three or four days in Worcester. <laughs> You know what, though? I, I do feel refreshed. I'm a little sad, Troop. I got grapes on the table, and I thought you, you were going to eat them. I, I was like, this is healthy. healthy. Everybody likes grapes. I said, yeah. Troop's going to eat grapes. I washed the grapes off, and Ooh. I was like, ready, Troop's going to eat some grapes, and you said no. Nah, Troop don't eat. <laughs> Troop don't eat nothing. Troop eat french fries. <laughs> french fries and not grapes. Okay. No. And you Yo, are the healthiest person that I know, and you eat French fries. I eat, I eat fruit and stuff like that, but I I'm I'm kind of a creature of habit, and stuff. I don't eat, you know, like I don't eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. No, I eat. Yeah, if I'm really hungry, I'll eat. Okay, you know, if I'm not hungry, I'm not going to eat. If 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 even if like today I'm going to be doing Olympic lifts, so I know I need to have a whole lot of energy and stuff like that. But I got the energy, so I'm going to go into the Olympic lifts, you know, not not by trying to trying to um, get more energy so that I can better do the Olympic lift. Not for me, it's like, well, I go in a little weak and hungry and stuff like that, so I have to focus harder and I have to really concentrate on how I'm doing this. So this is how I kind of do things. So thanks for the grapes, though. Thanks for the thought. That's a that that's a great thought of love and stuff. And yeah. everybody should be thinking about love. That's right. You know, you bunch of <laughs> tune <laughs> in to <laughs> out the heathen. Tune in to tune in to Archangel on Wednesday at at, at um, three to four on Blog Talk Radio because we're going to be talking about the opposite of love. We're going to be talking about evil, and we're going to be talking about hate because there seems to be a need to be talking about this because this is what archangels fight against all the time. Mm. I need to get some. Uh, I, I need to get some understanding, better understanding of evil, yeah. because I think there's just evil. I don't think it yeah. was a mental health problem issue that happened in Texas. I think evil is just evil. evil. I don't think yeah. sometimes people have just become evil. The man went to the church. He frequented the church in uh, Sunderland Springs, Texas. Yeah, he went to that church. His, he went to, yep, he went to that church a couple times, they yeah. said. He frequented the church. His grandmother-in-law was at the church at the time. Yeah. He thought his mother-in-law was going to be there, he, but she he, wasn't there. He didn't like his mother-in-law. Nah, yeah, so she was lucky that she wasn't there That's that day. Right. But sometimes evil acts are committed because people are evil and, hey. and nothing more. I agree. I, I, I agree, and I have more of this more to say about evil too because i think evil 
evil comes because people have uh, lost their selves. They, they don't feel as though they're part of even their own own choice-making things. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they feel lost in this stuff, so they don't have any power. So they just, they just do things that are evil. Yeah, you know, and this this guy just did things that are evil, and 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 that's sad. That's sad. It's sad all the way around. You cannot say anything less sad than an eighteen month old baby getting killed. You know that that's sad. You know, and 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 you know, all those people who lost their lives and stuff. That that's sad. But it's also sad on his account too. You know, did this boy? It's not like he was he wasn't giving out clues to his behavior. Um, so he was allowed to buy guns because yeah. I think honestly the airport should the airport. Let me get it together. <laughs> I think the air force should be sued. If I was a member of the family, I would sue the air force for not properly letting everyone know that he was discharged. For assaulting his wife, which would have hurt his chances from legally obtaining these guns because he did obtain them legally. Yeah, but see, that's the whole problem. That's the whole problem. There's so much guns out there. There's so many ways to buy guns. Nobody's checking in some of these places like that. You walk in there and throw the money down to buy a gun, they okay, we're going to check your background and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If you didn't put down that you were in the service, it's not going to come up. Right. It's not going to come up. Maybe not all those charges that, that, that are there won't come up. So, it, it, you know, because they're not really looking at this. Mm-hmm. Or if you put down that you're a service, okay, you understand weaponry and stuff like this, so you're a good candidate for, for weapons because you understand how they work. Mm-hmm. They don't really... They, because the the people who sell the guns, they're just people. Yep. <laughs> There's nothing magic about them. But still, when they're doing that check to see if you're eligible to get guns, yeah, they check that they they look at your criminal history, and then they that's how they say, okay, you are, you cannot obtain a license to carry, you cannot obtain a license to purchase guns. Yeah. So if the Air Force would have did their job and did their due diligence after mm-hmm. discharging this man. These people may still have been alive. And that's all possible. That's totally possible. But the Air Force isn't this isn't civilian organization. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where you know they they need to a whole. If you're gonna play with all these things of, of of violence and all these things, like you gotta really put some real some real measures in there to 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 be able to. Be able to have something standardized that you can't get around. Somebody will figure out how to get around it, but it's going to be hot. And even the guy shooting up the place, shooting at him and stuff, I have to take my hat off to him because he stepped up. You know, he stepped up. But, you know, it 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 does send a crazy message, too. It's like, we're not the, we don't, I don't want to be the wild, wild west. Yep. <laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't want to be be caught in that thing. If it wasn't for the wild, wild west out there on that day, that man might have been heading to it because he had weapons in his car. So he yep. could have been heading to another place that he was going to shoot up. And who knows how many more people would have ended up dying. I, I don't know. And I think that the, the situation from what the, what I heard and stuff like that, 
and and I'm I'm gonna use the word punk. I know y'all don't like that. The guy was a punk. <laughs> yeah. As soon as the guy came out there and started busting rounds at this boy, he dropped his rifle and ran. Yep, shot him three times. <laughs> Yo, it's like he 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 could go into a church where he knows that there's well he could he assumes. That there's nobody in there carrying any kind of thing that's Wait, going to harm Are you him. calling the people in the church punks? No, I'm calling the shooter a punk. Oh, okay, okay. I'm calling the shooter a punk. That boy, he wasn't going to take on no lions. Nope. He went in there to take to, to take on a bunch of squirrels. Yep. You know, it, it, I'm not calling them squirrels. <laughs> but in that, as soon as somebody came out, that guy came out shooting at him, he dropped the rifle and ran away because yep. he's a punk. You know? And you know what he did after he dropped the rifle and ran? Yeah. He got in the car, and called took it. off, and called his daddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Papa, Papa, <laughs> I got shot. I'm not going to make it, Papa. Yeah, and they killed himself. Yeah. Hey, you know, ain't no hero. Ain't no bad man. Ain't no tough guy in that nope. guy. He's just a punk. A punk with guns. Yep. And that's scary. That's scary, folks. That's yeah. scary. Somebody who's a, a bad guy or, or something like that, you know, they ain't going to do stupid things. Nope. They, they, their guns are a weapon to them. It's a status thing to them and stuff. This guy, he's a punk. But there's a lot of punks out there. The man yeah. fired 450 shots inside the church, leaving so much destruction that the church may not be able to be repaired. That's how bad he shot the place up. And they said there wasn't anybody in that building who was not injured in some way. Yeah. That that that's a this is a terrible idea. And it's gonna set a precedence for a lot of things now. You know? The 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 churches will probably have armed guards, the little ones like this yep. here. But you know, sometimes I I, well, I ain't going over there either. You know what though? <laughs> this can't be really considered a gun issue. This can't really be considered a, an attack on the NRA. No. Because we just had another terror attack yeah. a couple days ago that was used with a truck. Yeah, with a truck. So it's kind of lessened the blow on guns. Now, I do think that they should regulate. No man should have a gun that's able to do that. No, for what? Right. You don't need a gun that powerful to kill a deer. No. Or to kill a bear. No. Or kill something. You don't need something that powerful. So... Why is it someone's allowed to have a weapon of that magnitude is beyond me? I don't know. And with that firepower, shoot, it, it, it's not even going to be good for killing the bear. Go right through the bear. He's going to maw you before he dies. Yep. It's too powerful a weapon. They don't need anything that powerful. Right. And they got stopping power on something that's a big animal and stuff. But this was an, an Air Force error. An Air Force error. Now, has the uh, military ever been sued before by a civilian, a citizen? I, I don't know if the military's ever been. So I can't I can't speak to that whether the military's ever. I, I would I would assume it would be a huge amount of of, of um, undertaking to sue the military. They yeah. have a big judicial system in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it's huge, and they it ain't like that these. People that are lawyers inside the military and stuff uh, uh, are having fantastic salaries and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. They're the military. (laughs) Maybe they should... uh, Standardized pay. Maybe the Air Force should take the initiative themselves and hold the 
people responsible for letting the NRA or whoever, whomever know that a soldier was discharged dishonorably and should not, uh, is a threat and should not be allowed to have guns. They, they should, and the government themselves, when they put regulations out there, they should, they should make background checks much harder than what they are. Yep. You know, they, and they should adhere to these background checks. They should follow up on these background checks. Yep. But it's already like the horse is out the barn. Right. There's people, I mean, the guy across the street from the church came out with his gun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's people all over the place with guns. And that guy is now a hero. Well, he should be considered a hero. And the truck driver, the guy who, who drove get him. in, we'll chase him down, you know? Can you imagine, Troop, <laughs> someone with a gun in Worcester? Hey, let me get in the car so we can go chase someone down. That's a totally different world because that's not happening here. Yeah, okay. Different world. Oh. I'd roll my window up and take <laughs> off like a bat out of hell. There's no way. That I'd be leaving, too. It's like, what? I don't know you. Yeah. Okay, we can do this. Get in. And, and you want to go towards the shooter? If anything, I'd be going away. You want to chase him? No, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> but I guess they do. I guess the adrenaline sometimes does take over. People, that is that is, that is not archangel stuff. You, that that is, sounds, that's not an archangel act? Uh, the act, the act of... It, it's it's a little bit on the extreme. Okay. It's a little bit on the extreme. Putting yourself in harm's way is something that, that you have to do in life, but we don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So that's okay. But, you know, the cowboy act of yee-hawing and chasing them down and stuff it's like that. It's still alive. It's, yeah, it's totally alive in Texas. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's every time I read that story of the, <laughs> the the heroes, that song in my head will put a boot in your ass. This the American way it <laughs> always plays through my head. I bet they had that playing when they were chasing. Oh, that probably loud too. Yep, probably loud. They were not playing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's dangerous, folks, because the consequence. The, the the who knows that guy could have turned around and busted caps all over him too. Yep. He probably did, but he don't shoot well. Yep. Yeah, so. Another thing I think that's unfair <laughs> and difficult to absorb about this whole story, because, you know, there were infants that got killed. An infant yeah. that got killed, a toddler, a five-year-old that got killed, up to 77-year-old, I think it was. Something like that, yeah. One of the things that's difficult for me to take in and understand and process was that some people are now saying thoughts and prayers didn't stop that gunman. Thoughts and prayers? Yep. There's no hedge of protection, as the Bible says. No. <laughs> thoughts and prayers don't, don't... You know, they're not going to stop violence and evil. What's going to stop violence and evil is love. And I know you, that's a church where more could you supposed to get right. love. Right. But again, you know, some churches... They, 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 like I wrote on my little post there the other day, we use love as a noun. Yep. It's a thing. You know, it's, it, we don't use it actively. So 
I don't know what those people were like in the church. I'm assuming because it's a church and it's Sunday and it's holy, I'm assuming just like everybody else, everybody else is nice. But I also know in another part of the country, some lady was shoplifting and stuff, and she had like 30, stole $30 worth of food. Mm -hmm. Because she didn't have any food for like three days for her and her adopted kids. And she had went to a church to try to get help. Went to two or three churches to try to get help. Nobody gave her any help. Wow. And then and the police who arrested her, they bought her food and stuff and left their car and said that they would help her out. But I'm I'm not assuming just because just because it's a house of worship and stuff that that um you're using the, the word Love as an active verb, you know, right. you're not really showing the love as best and, and as powerful as you can. You're using it as a noun. Uh, love, yeah, I love everybody. That's a good thing. So, yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I'm, uh, but again, people dying and stuff is something that doesn't even need to happen. Yep. It's out of control in this country. We don't need that stuff. Yeah. But even the shooting in Charleston, South Carolina with Dylan Roof. It's nuts. Yep. It's just evil. It's evil. There's look at their faces, too. They right. look evil. Yep. They look they look like they got some issues and they're crying out for some help. You know, they're trying to put on their bad boy warrior face and stuff. That's an automatic signal. What's the matter? What's on your mind? That ain't even normal, what you're trying to look like, you know? I knew one thing. <laughs> I wish... That the shooter was still alive, so I could have five minutes with him. Five just to uh, talk you, to him. You know what should happen to that shooter if he was still he alive? Stone him. Uh. Stone him. He should be stoned. He should be stoned to death. Stone him. Not allowed to live. He should be stoned. They should stone him to death. That's what I think should happen to him if he was still alive. Oh yeah, I. Th- I, I I like playing Stoneham too, but but uh, you know I, he if he was still alive, he'd have to pay serious consequences to death, and and you know death might be too easy for him. Mm-hmm. Death might just be too easy for him because he he opted out for that his own self. Yeah, I thought about that whole theory of death being too easy for him. The way I look at it, it might be too easy for him, but at least no one here has to worry about him anymore. Yep. Yeah. We got some prisons where they don't have to worry about about people anymore and yep. stuff. Well, yeah, gonna put Hillary in them. <laughs> you think Hillary's going to jail? I do. Do you hope she goes to jail too? You seem to have a little <laughs> bit of joy in thinking that Hillary might go to jail. First, let me ask you this question, and I know we talked about it off before we started recording. Are you a fan of Donald Trump? Am I a fan of Donald Trump? I think Donald Trump isn't a bad president. I think Donald Trump is 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 a misunderstood president by uh, many people in in the United States because they're looking for some president that's a touchy feely kind of guy. Mm-hmm. That's not Donald Trump. No. That, and you know, I think that that um, that that his the way he talks gives this false impression of who he is, but that's the way he talks. Mm-hmm. He he's a a big old giant millionaire, you know, retail not retail um real estate mm-hmm. kind of mogul negotiator yep. and stuff Executive, like that. Yep. And he talks like he's from the rural south. Right. He, he he takes like his last word if, if he said, "Oh, those those are good grapes. Look at the color of those grapes." 
yeah, look at the color of those grapes. That's totally Southern. That's mm-hmm. that's that, that's like Mark Twainish, you know. Yeah. And this is how he talks. So, this you get that you get he sends out this image that that he's not as smart as he really is mm-hmm. because he he that boy knows what he's doing, but he's a negotiator. Mm-hmm. You know, and he deals with real estate, and he deals with high-end, powerful kind of thing. That boy, he doesn't have any idea what ordinary people look like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I I could see that. And you know, like I always said, the most surprised person on this planet when when the election was over for the president was Donald Trump. Right. <laughs> he no more thought he was going to win than than anybody else did. Okay, so why do you feel that Hillary is going to jail? Hillary's a crook. She's a crook. Hillary, Hillary's a crook, and Hillary ain't even that good of a crook. She doesn't even hide hide her um her her, her the stuff that she does well. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even since the uh, Whitewater thing, you know. For some reason, they got a lot of power. Mm-hmm. The Clintons and stuff. I don't know the name of the person that, that disappeared and was dead and stuff like that that was testifying against her way back in the day. Yep. But Hillary's a gangster. Yes, she is. She's a, she's a gangster. But she's a powerful gangster. And Bill's a powerful gangster. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they got powerful gangster friends. Not gangster is in the mafia just and stuff. Big political power lobbyists and big overseas people with lots and lots and lots of monies and lots and lots of power and lots and lots of places and stuff. And this has shielded them for a huge amount of time. But I think I think their time is pretty much pretty much almost up. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think that it it's really gonna come come out that that yeah, you know, you really didn't have the interest of everybody in, in hand that you, you said you did. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of People out there talking stuff that was touchy feely and all this, and you were t- good touchy feely right back at them, but you didn't care nothing about them. Nope. You know nothing about these people. They, your Secret Service wasn't even able to talk to you. Nobody was able to talk to you. So what? <laughs> he um, what laws did she break? Murder. <laughs> well, we'll start. that's a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Insider trading, yeah, all these, all these big things that ordinary people don't know anything about. No, nope. this email thing is what's going to uh, upset her, and and the thing with Russia, which I still don't understand. I don't understand it either. I, I don't understand. You know how you know Russia's Russia Russia is um, manipulating the election in America. Mm-hmm. Please, well, <laughs> really, I are we that screwed over Bernie Sanders? But, Bernie Sanders? Yes, she screwed him over. I think she made Bernie Sanders have a whole lot more power than Bernie Sanders ever thought he would wield either. She did, but the electoral votes is what got caused him to lose, and she had them in her back pocket. I, I but yeah, it, it, she had, she had, she was much more loved, liked, and everything than Bernie Sanders. Yep. Both of them are running for the same. They, they both trying to get the food in the off the same plate, mm-hmm. you know. But Bernie said she she had a bigger spoon. Yep, she you did. Know? And Bernie had a little baby spoon. 
Right. You know, and 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 that's how it is. And Bernie, Bernie got a lot of pull out of this thing because he's echoing what she's saying and she's echoing what he's saying and stuff. And you got this great big huge new group of of social warriors that really ain't got any clue of what they're talking about. But such influence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. We got social warriors going. That's another. Might as well talk about election for a couple of minutes. Yep, we have to get ready to go to the election. But I found the answer in a previous question. Can a civilian sue the VA, Army, Navy, or Air Force? Uh, yes, the VA, Army, Navy, or Air Force can be sued in certain circumstances if you or a family member are the victim of medical negligence or suffered serious personal injuries as a result of the negligence of a federal employee. That, I think, sounds like grounds to be able to sue the Air Force. Now, of course, you know, they're such a powerful entity Good luck in winning. Well, he was locked up. You know, they, they, they. He went to jail for his action yep. in the military yep. and stuff. But they so, were supposed to let him know. They were supposed to let the civilian side know that he can't be allowed to obtain weapons. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. Yep. It, 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 I, <clears throat> but they somehow fell through the crack, and it didn't. Yeah. You know. But again. Again, it, there's no one there's no one place that you can put your finger on about about the the way the guns are being controlled in in this in the United States. Right. People people are getting guns who shouldn't have guns. I know a few people like how you got a gun? You right. crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I know I know people just like that. They ain't got no business being a gun. And I know one person who who has who has a um. Got like seven guns and a lathe machine. He's gonna make guns. Mm. You know, he's not. He's on a watch list, I'm sure. But because I don't know how he got a license to get guns. He had assaulted a police officer before. Wow! It's like really? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So uh, election I don't want a gun, day, folks. I don't want a gun. Me neither. I don't. You gotta clean them, and it smells and stuff like. And then you gotta sit around and hold it while you're watching your TV. Yep. Because you ain't got nothing else to do with it. Doesn't do anything. <laughs> In the '90s, as a teenager, the coolest thing was to have a gun. Yeah. If you were a teenager and you were in the 90s, the coolest thing. In all the rap songs, I was walking with my gun. Got my gun on me. Who's going to shoot me? Who's going to harm me? They had all these wrong rap songs. <laughs> got enough weaponry to support an army. They had all these songs that made it so you had it. So I went and I found a way to buy a gun illegally. It was a little twenty two. Had a pearl handle. It was pretty. It was cute. And I bought it. And I was so excited the night before that I got it. And then when I got it, I was so elated and excited and happy and overjoyed. Then I didn't know what to do. <laughs> what I do couldn't it? shoot it. I couldn't do it. All I could do is just look, look at it. At it. Yeah. yeah, I might as well have gotten a picture on the computer and just stared at the picture because that's exactly what I had. There was nothing you could do with it. <laughs> then that night I went to a, uh, the club and my older brother, he, I don't know how he found out that I had a gun or where I had it hid, but we went to the club and as we were leaving the club, and this was on Park Ave, he started shooting the gun in the air. After we got home, I took that gun away from him and I sold it the next day. Yeah. So I had a gun for a good forty-eight hours, <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that's the only time I and I never wanted one after that. It was the worst experience. I was so scared that I was going to jail because we had a gun on us. 
Yeah. And that fool was drunk and shooting it in the air like he had nothing to do with, yeah. with himself. That's all they do is shoot. Yep. When I was a bodyguard, I carried, well, I carried a gun. I was a bodyguard for a pimp. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, he, I called him a pimp because he was a pimp, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, he had an escort service and stuff like that, and I used to bodyguard the girls. His, his girls were college-educated women. He mm-hmm. had a great scheme. Mm-hmm. I had another friend... He was he was the escort guy. Another mm-hmm. friend was in the was in the city government in Boston and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And his job was kind of like um, what would you call that? Kind of like not morale, but something on morale, like mm-hmm. entertainment and stuff. So like if you were visiting dignitary to Boston, you might yep. come in and he talked to you and stuff. So oh, you know, you got this thing. You want an escort to go to the party and stuff you oh, know okay oh yeah so he yeah. called up cowboy and uh and then you know the then then you know they hooked that stuff up mm-hmm. but my job was was bodyguarding you know yeah to protect the girls and stuff like that like they sometimes he'd have parties and you never had have, to use your gun or pull your gun out did you no only one time there was these college football stupid knuckleheads and stuff like mm-hmm. that and when and and, and we was at a Beacon Hill. It was the last one I was at, too. Mm-hmm. A party on Beacon Hill started on Thursday. The incident happened on Saturday. We still at the party. Wow. <laughs> they like to the, like the party a lot. You figured they'd be too tired to cause problems <laughs> right in. Well, they was too, way too drunk and stupid. Yep. And, you know, the people were dancing and all kinds of stuff like this. Well, people came and go, come and go, come and go. Mm-hmm. And they they just kept roping the, the girls and stuff like that, so I had to put an end to it. Yeah. So I just took one of the girls and and I went over there to the big laughing one and doing all these ropings and stuff like that. And and you know he went he went to grope the girl and then I turned real quick and put my arm up like this and he bounced off my gun and I just <laughs> smiled at him <laughs> and I said, "Calm yourself down." Mm. Yeah. Moral of the story is there's no need for guns, people. How's that? Yeah. So there are seven questions according to the Telegram and Gazette. Seven <laughs> things to watch for in Worcester's municipal election. It is election day. Troop, are you voting? Oh yeah, I'm gonna vote. Yeah. Don't know for who. Um <laughs> That's so sad. I don't even know for who I'm I have gonna a couple cuss people about. I have a couple people that I know I'm voting for. Sean Rose. Yeah, I'm so um, shy. Christian King. I don't know if I'll go for Christian. <laughs> I like him. Yeah. Um, don't, don't go by me, folks. Go by you. This is right. my, my message that I'll be sending out to you anyway. And remember, you don't have to fill out everything. You don't have to put a person in just because you have enough votes. You, have, you can continue to vote for other people. Vote for the people you know you like and then stop. That's it. You don't have to vote on every... For every at-large counselor, if you don't like every at-large counselor, nope. there might be a couple, Michael Gaffney, that you don't like, <laughs> that you don't want to uh, vote for. So yeah. who knows? Survive's not in my district, but every day for Isla, I think Survive's great. I yeah. think Survive's a good a, a good city counselor, too. Yep. There's a couple of city counselors here in Worcester that I think of a good city counselors. You know? I don't even know most of their names, but I say Mo. He, he's a good Mo city. Bergman, yeah, yeah, and Survivor Rivera. I think they're good city councilors. I think they really, really have a, a, a interest in in the people in the city and at the same time developing the city. Well, there's some that I know don't have an interest for oh, the people yeah. of the city at least. Not at all. Gary Rosen, 
Pony Luke's that would rather yeah. worry about things like sidewalks and things like that and developing downtown yeah. as opposed to the people who can't afford the rents that they have now. So exactly. And the, and and this is a this is a problem not just here but throughout the whole the whole country and stuff. People have gotten away from making your own minds up. Yep. You know, it, it's it, we've talked about that earlier, and I th- I think especially black guys. It, it, this is what I think. I black. I know you're gonna jump me after this, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. You know, I think that, that you you've been talking so much using slavery as your as your catalyst to make your points and stuff like mm-hmm. that that you've actually taken and put yourself back in that boat. Mm. You know that you. Really, you're not doing anything unless some white person says it's okay. Wow. You know, it, it, it's like I think you accidentally, by using that 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 framework of slavery mm-hmm. to get your point across and to make everything sound so victimized that you literally victimized yourself to where if you got an idea, you don't validate it until somebody else. Generally, a white person says that's a good idea, right? And then you go ahead and and do a little bit of it because you're waiting for them because they say it's a good idea to give you more instruction. Mm-hmm. And I think that 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 that's what's happening in politics. We're not we're not voting for people on the ideas anymore, even though we got a good idea, we know what we want. We're waiting for somebody to tell us, yeah, yeah that's a good idea, and and you should. We should do that and stuff, but they're not saying that. Nope, they're not at all. They're not saying that at all. So what we're ending up with, with 10% turnouts and voting yep. on voting day, and people that are coming out voting for somebody that they know, or that somebody that knows them, knows them. Or they them, heard of. Or heard, yeah. Nobody's voting on the issues. Yep. Yeah, you know, and this is what I think is 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 terrible about the voting, and I think a lot of people. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't have a crystal ball. Well, there's it was a lot less hype this year. Yeah, than it was two years ago. We didn't have anybody on Voice of the Voice. Nope. When Gaffney was going against Joe Petty, it was the height I think of voting last two two mm-hmm. years ago. Now you have Connie Luke's going against Joe Petty, and I doubt that. Fifty percent of the people who are voting today know that Connie Lukes was actually running against Joe Petty. I think they had one debate, only one. Yeah, I they didn't think... have a forum. I don't. I don't recall. I I know they had something at some place at one time, and I think that was it. Yeah, I think all the city councilors and the potential city councilors got together twice, and that was it. Yeah, I I I think that the Connie the Connie Lukes entrance into the mayor's thing was something just to give the mayor. The mayor position mm-hmm. a, a little bit bigger look than the nothing look that it actually does. Well, you want to know one fact about Connie Lukes? <laughs> Will this be the time that Connie Lukes finally receives more than 40% of the vote in a mayoral race? Do you know that even when she won and became mayor, she's never, ever once gotten more than 40% of the votes? Never got 41%, 42%, 40-50%. She's never got more than 40% of the vote. So she's running against one person. 
Yeah. When she became mayor, she was running against four people. So that's how she was able to win without getting 50% or over 50% of the vote. Today, she needs 50% of the vote to win. And I don't think she's going to get it. Like I said, I don't even think that she's even running for mayor in, in a race. Yep. I think they just said we have to keep an image that the position of mayor in Worcester is a solid, powerful position. Connie, hey, Michael Gaffney not running. <laughs> right. Could could you do us a favor and, and just say that you're running for mayor mm-hmm. and city councilor? Because mm-hmm. you're gonna get your election on city councilor, so this will this will help make it look as though the position of mayor is really a sound, solid position and stuff. Because we already going to put Joe Petty back in, you know. Yep. We, we already decided on that. Well, what about the people? There's people involved in this. I thought it was just us. Well, (laughs) she's ran against Joe Petty two previous times. Mm -hmm. And the first time she ran against Joe Petty in 2011, she received 36.101% of the vote in 2011 and 27.2% in 2013. I predict she will receive less than 27.2% of the votes today. I I think so, too. But I think she'll get the city council vote. That oh, yeah. She'll become at chair. large still, yeah. yeah. We need Meffin. <laughs> <laughs> Meffin ran for mayor. He's probably still mourning Michael Gaffney. Not, well, but Michael Gaffney, he lied to the people. He just outright. He, he, he outright lied. Michael Gaffney just do. They spin a good story. Mm-hmm. But they don't do anything. There's, a, there's several people in that political arena. Not just in the, in the city council, but in the little state positions and, and the little representative positions and stuff like that. They spin good stories, but they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. We've got a representative over there who sits on the Ways and Means city council and stuff. Yeah, is it helping the people? No. Is it bringing a lot of money in to redo the infrastructure? Yeah. Yep. That's what the Ways and Means committee is supposed to do, but it's supposed to also help the people, too. She don't care. She don't care nothing about the people. All right. So, I shouldn't have went over there. She ain't running right at the time. Right. But that's what's happening, folks. That's so it. do you think Mr. Petty could break the 60% threshold today? No. So you think Connie's going to get more than 40%? I think a lot. Well, if you just add up the, the people who voted and stuff like mm-hmm. that, he got to, he, 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 he might, he just might. Yeah. You know, I don't think, I don't. I don't think, like you said earlier, many people even know Connie Lukes is running for right. mayor. Yep. They don't even know. You know, never mind. She got a big Armenian population that she draws from, and that's that's what keeps her in power. Yep. You know, this this is on a who you know, who you can identify with type of race. Joe Petty got an Irish population and stuff like that, and what keeps him in power is that he's in the power now, so he's the incumbent seat. Mm-hmm. And and because of that, he 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 can get a few people that that can give endorsements to him and stuff, and he can draw he can draw that extra two thousand votes that he needs from from those people out there that are in different ethnic groups, mm-hmm. you know, and, and different walks of life and stuff. So he can he can do that. Yep. You know, see, Gaffney didn't really have that. Nope. He he didn't he didn't have that connection like that. With, he didn't with, have a machine behind him. No, either. it was just him. Yeah, and he didn't he didn't go about building a machine. Nope. No. 
I think Gaffney, if he would have ran this year, though, and really campaigned to run for mayor, I think he would have made a, another tight race with Joe Petty. I think Gaffney could have even, if he, but he showed his, his to me anyway, just, just me, folks, to me, he showed just how dumb he was. Mm-hmm. With, it, it was very nice to put on your little farmer jeans and your gloves <laughs> and go out there and weed them pots and stuff. But as a city councilor, you should have got some of jobs for the kids to put on their little fiber jeans and weeds right. and go out and weed them pots. It didn't show leadership. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it it when when you don't show leadership and you're in you you're going for a position that's nothing but leadership, then you don't need to be there. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that to me anyway, that showed that it's a you just make believe. It's all about you padding your resume on different things like this because there's some actual solid things that could have been done. Very easy. Not a big thing. Yep. Yeah. So we have uh, the <laughs> on Voice of the Voices today at 12 o'clock on 91.3 FM WCUW. <laughs> we're going to be naming the other six. Uh, things to watch for in Worcester's municipal election today. That's what we're going to be talking about on the show today. Everything elections. Everything election. Yeah. Election, election, election. So if you want to know some strange facts or some other things about today, and such as the voter turnout, Kate Toomey, Gary Rosen, and some of the other potential candidates, make sure you tune in to Voice of the Voiceless from 12 to 1 p.m. on 91.3 WCUW. Yeah. Uh, right now, we are going to take a break. When we come back, Worcester find, uh, finds missing Shrewsbury man that was going on a walk. And also, a tough love program aims to support youths accused of family violence while protecting victims in Worcester. <laughs> we'll be back on Truth in the AM. Are you a manufacturer, dealer, or distributor in the following industries? Agricultural equipment, material handling, construction machinery, power generation, commercial and retread tires, transport refrigeration, marine, heavy trucks, automobile, temperature control, utility vehicles, maintenance and repair, or something else? Then Curry Management is for you. Distribution analysis, dealerization, and dealer distributor development are the top three services provided to manufacturers. We at Curry Management provide this along with the best practices groups, profit improvement workshops, merger and acquisitions, business valuations, and leadership management development to dealers and distributors. Do you own a closely held private company? We at Curry Management provide business continuation services, succession planning, leadership development, and other staff-related management training. Curry Management pride themselves in always being ready to assist manufacturers, dealers, and distributors with today's business challenges. Help yourself. Connect with Curry Management. www.currymanagement.com, 292 Lincoln Street in Worcester, 508-752-9229. Have you recently been in an accident? Did you back into another vehicle? Hit a shopping carriage in a parking lot? Or is your car in need of general repair? If your answer is yes, then ENC Auto Body is the place for you. 
EMC Auto Body is Worcester's premier auto body shop. We have collision specialists and licensed appraisers on site, and we make sure that you receive the best service you can find. Results are always amazing, and we take pride in making your experience with us at ENC as painless as possible. Drop your car off and rest easy knowing that your car is in the best care. But be forewarned, your car may come out looking better than it did before your unfortunate situation. ENC Auto Body, we're here if you need us. Located at 16 DeMarco Terrace in Worcester. Call us at 508-799-0014 and 774-329-7334. Working with some of the best Thai chefs, Bator has brought her skills from Thailand and Israel to Worcester with basil and spice. Her desire to bring the taste of the homeland here is one of the reasons basil and spice was voted the best Thai restaurant in central Massachusetts. Their menu consists of the best tasting basil and chili, drunken noodle, steamed mussels, seafood basil pad thai, ginger chicken, and more. You can't go wrong with basil and spice. They offer catering as well. Being a master caterer, you can rest assured you'll be receiving the best full, self, and private catering events available. Basil and Spice stands by you receiving the incredible and authentic Thai dishes along with the best service at unbeatable prices. Accommodation to your needs is the key to success. You can also dine in at Basil and Spice, located at 299 Shrewsbury Street in Worcester. Their relaxed atmosphere always provides the most comfortable setting for you to dine in. Do yourself a favor and head on over to Basil and Spice Thai Cuisine. You won't regret it. Basil and Spice, 774 317-9986-299 Shrewsbury Street in Worcester. Serve weekdays for those who want to dine in is Basil and Spice Lunch Specials. For $11.95, you have your choice of garlic pork, lemongrass chicken, pad king chicken, or spicy tofu and vegetable. All lunch specials include a salad and Thai rolls. Basil and Spice lunch specials are available Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Stop by and try out the lunch specials. Be on the lookout for Basil and Spice summertime music events happening May through August. On Friday, May 26th at 6 p.m., singer Dale LePage will be bringing his music to Basil and Spice. Dale LePage will also be performing Friday, June 9th. On Friday, June 23rd, you can listen to the Carlos Odria Trio. Friday, July 28th, Dale LePage returns to bring his music. Hey! Everybody loves Chinese food. I know I do, but what makes good eats for me are the crab rangoons. 
We searched high and low for fresh, natural, good-tasting food. And that's when we were fortunate enough to come across Shangri-La. <laughs> Absolutely. And not only are the crab rangoons fantastic, but everything I've ordered for them has been exquisite and flavorful. They have timely takeout orders, but if you want to eat there, you're in for one of the most beautiful dining areas, period. You can tell. They made every effort to create a clean, friendly environment. Trust me, you are guaranteed to have a great experience. Everyone is welcome to experience the best Crab Rangoons. And everything else in Shangri-La, Fairyland. Shangri-La, 50 Front Street, Worcester, 508-798-0888. Call and order some great Great food food now. now. Order online at ShangriLaRestaurant.net. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa what? Konnichiwa. That's hello in Japanese. Man, if you want to say hello to me in Japanese, you may as well take me to 7 Nana Japanese Steakhouse. They have an outstanding sushi cuisine. Right. They also have modern styles of classic dishes and the friendliest staff. They are a cornerstone of the Worcester community and have been recognized for the quality of service they provide. And you know, I like my food fresh. And their lobster tails, my favorite, along with everything else on the menu. You know what? I'm about to order online right now. Hey, where are you going? I'm headed to 7 Nana Japanese right now. 7 Nana Japanese Steakhouse, 60 Shrewsbury Street in Worcester, 508-755-8888. www.7nanajapanese.com Hi, this is Trooper Joe of Archangel of Return to Chivalry, where we move in character development back to an era when it was seen as a privilege to do the right thing and extend a friendly and helping hand along with a loving hug to everyone. You can catch my show on blogtalkradio.com Slash Archangel of Return to Chivalry or on Facebook Live dot com slash Archangel Chivalry. Have that fun. Listen to Archangel of Return to Chivalry Wednesdays from 3 to 4. And we are back. It is your boy Truth It of Truth It in the AM, and in I am here AM. with the one and the only two real to be phony. Trooper Joe is in the building. Troop in the building on Tuesday the seventh. Election day, cold election day, and don't let the cold stop you, folks. Yeah, don't let it stop. Um, so. One thing we can talk about about the election before we get into this tough love story. Um, Dante Comparetto. Go on, Dante. I think he's going to win. I think Dante's going to win. I think Dante's needed too. Yep. I think Dante brings going to bring a whole new a whole new way of looking at the, the public school system here in Worcester. The uh, the people on the board in there you're too old. Really? You think they're too old? I think they're too old. They're very nice people and stuff like that, you know, but they're, they're, they're too old. Mm-hmm. They, they, they've lost touch with, with the new scientific age that's here. 
And I think that needs a refreshing. Because the only one who suffers is the kids. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm saying that they're too old. Not not because if, if it, they had their time and and some did good and some didn't. But right now, as this world churns, they're not they're not able to keep up. Right. So it's it's time for them to take a lesser role in helping develop the the educational system for these kids. Yep. I think Dante is going to bring a, a new perspective in there, and he's going to bring freshness in there, and he's right in, he's right in line with what's going on with today's society. Well, let me tell you why I think he's going to win. Two things. Mm -hmm. He's the biggest fundraiser. He's raised more money than anyone else on the school committee, and he spent more money than anyone else on the school committee in his campaign. He yeah. is really working hard to get elected. And I think it would be a great story, a rags to riches story to uh for Dante Camparetto to win. So good luck to you, Dante. Good I luck. will be voting for you today. Yeah, go on, you Dante. Definitely go on. have my vote yeah. for the school committee. Yay, Dante. Um <laughs> let's see, making his first run for school committee, Dante Camparetto was not just the highest fundraiser and spender this campaign season. But he outraised and outspent all six of his incumbent opponents combined. Combined, yeah. According to a campaign oh, finance yeah, record. Yep. Mr. Comparetto brought in $45,316 since the start of the year. He stated in a campaign finance report he submitted to the city on October 30th. That was in addition to the 7836 he had left over from 2016. He spent nearly all of it, 45548 on dozens of itemized expenses from leaflets and signs to interns he had working on his campaign. The rest of the school committee field, in comparison, raised a combined $17,351 over roughly the same period and $10,563, two of those candidates Longtime school committee members Jack Foley and Brian O'Connell contributed almost nothing to those totals. <laughs> Foley, Mr. Foley raised $10 and spent 288 and Mr. O'Connell raised and spent nothing, zero, yeah. nothing on the line for their campaign finance filing. I like O'Connell, too. <laughs> yep. I like O'Connell. Yeah, I do. But, you know... Oh, I, you know, I like him, and that's on a personal note and stuff like that because he did, he did, you know, the the program that you and I wanted to bring in, and and uh, we still might bring that in the essay contest mm -hmm. for for um, some of the students, not AP students, folks, just average everyday knuckleheads that are finding out who they are. Mm -hmm. You know, an essay contest with a cast thing that, that Will and I were putting up the cast thing and doing most of the work for and stuff. He took it to the school committee, yeah. you know, and, and I had to applaud him for that because he didn't have to do that, but he stepped right up. He thought it's a great idea, and he took it to the school committee. And Joe Early, the mayor, laughed at Joe it. Petty, yeah. Joe Petty, yeah. Joe Petty, the, the other man, <laughs> yep. laughed, laughed at it. He did. He laughed at it. Shame on you, Joe Petty. Yep, he did. Yeah. Um, so let's see if that does come into fruition, if that does. But 
Dante Comparetto, a lot is coming into fruition for him. He is getting things done now. I'm glad. I'm glad. For the school committee. Be precious. Yep. I think he's going to win today. I hope he wins too. He put in enough work. If he didn't, it had to be the most disappointing Tuesday of the election. I I would agree because all that does is shout that the, the, the people... You get what you vote for. Yep. You're only voting for somebody because you say they're a nice person and you know them. You're not voting because they've done anything to to show you that they're going to bring the, the educational system of Worcester into the future. Mm-hmm. So you get what you pay for, you know? Yep. That's what you want. That's what you get. And that's exactly, hopefully, what he gets. He gets, uh, hopefully, Dante, with all the work that he puts in, he gets himself ready and able to win. Yeah. On election day today. I think you do well. Uh, really quickly, as I'm going over my notes and going over the websites that I pulled up for stories, we okay. did mention this a little bit earlier, but uh, we didn't really talk about it too much, so we'll just talk briefly about it. Saudi Arabia calls missile launch an act of war by oh. Iran and vows retaliation. Whew. Vows retaliation. And now, there's the one money. thing. Where you say, hey, if you do this, I'm going to do this. There's one thing about empty threats. It's another thing to say we are going to retaliate for something that's already happened. Mm. Mm. Are they under war right now, Troop? I think they've been under war forever. Once Persian and once <laughs> Arabian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't, I, I, I don't know. But they might be under war. They, they just might be under war. And we'll... Where's the United States going to stand? Mm. Where are you going to stand? We, we, we can't save a rattle with a bunch of people who pull out their sabers on election day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like saber rattling's out. It's like, where are you going to stand on the world theater? Right. Yeah. Man, so we are might be going to war right now. Dante Comparetto is spending his money and he's ready to win and we both are voting for him. I think that might be the only person we agree on voting for. Are you both sides Sarai. Oh yes. Also, oh. Well we can't vote for Sarai because we're not I in know. her district. So. I know. But, I but would, I'm moving Sarai. I'm moving. <laughs> yes. Please vote for Sarai. Uh, we would love to hear people vote for Sarai. Yeah. I like Sarai. She's not just because I, I she's a nice person. Everything I think Sarai looks out for the people in her district. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think a lot, you know. All right, so let's get into this tough love. Oh wait, another uh, quick news note before we continue on: <clears throat> Worcester police find Shrewsbury man. A Shrewsbury man was missing. They were sharing his picture all over Facebook. People from Florida was sharing his Facebook photo because he was missing. A Shrewsbury man missing since Saturday afternoon will be able to celebrate his 70th birthday with his family after Worcester police found him Monday morning walking on Union Street near Lincoln Square. David LaJoy left his home at 4 p.m. Saturday to do what he often does, walk down North Quinsigaman Avenue to visit a Dunkin' Donuts in White City, Shrewsbury. Mm-hmm. At 7 p.m., he had not returned home. His family called the police. Police aided the search by dogs and from as far as away as Petersham, looked for him for more than a day and half before Worcester police found him at 11 a.m. on Monday. 
If the Worcester police sergeant who found Mr. LaJoy said he appeared to be in good condition, he was dressed warmly and was able to identify himself. He still had a tape measure from a home hooked to his pocket. Police said he was taken to an area hospital as a precaution. Tyler LaJoy, Mr. LaJoy's son, was nearly overwhelmed with emotion after hearing his father had been found. He said his father was tired, but still himself, maintaining his sense of humor throughout the ordeal. I can't understand how a guy would walk around Worcester, spend 36 hours or whatever, and still be that, he said. Mr. LaJoy briefly thanked everyone who helped find his father and followed up with a message on Facebook. Should this guy be locked up, Troop? Cool. <laughs> the the LaJoy Sr. who was missing for a day. Uh, why why would you want to lock him up? Listen, we can't he can't be wandering out and having searches for him every couple of days, right? Oh uh, oh should what oh you don't mean locked up, you mean should his freedoms be be restricted. Yes. Um no. But but I think that that uh now that you know his habits and you probably knew his habits anyways, mm-hmm. that they should look at his habits. It, to me, it's like, why are they going to a whole nother county first mm-hmm. and bringing out the dogs and all these things? It's like, stop trying to sensationalize everything and just sometimes things happen because that's happening. Obviously, the guy has some kind of spatial and time dip, difficulty and in, in stuff. So on his way to... Dunkin' Donuts or leaving Dunkin' Donuts, somehow he got turned around. Mm. A texter says, he is so much like my dad. My dad did this 10 years ago, but in a car. I'm so glad your dad is safe and that he has a caring family. Oh, I, I agree 100% with that. If they care, they would put an alarm on him. So if I'd he did get lost, on yep, put a I, tracker on I, him. I would put a tracker on him because... because it's, it sounds like, I don't know which one of the, the Alzheimer's type of diseases that he has, but but I, I, I know that disease a little bit. And if he's going to Dunkin' Donuts from point A to point B, and then something cuts off in the middle, and he goes around it, he's out of, he's out of his spatial, spatial time orientation. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't know how to get back in. Right. So he'll just wander around. Yep. You know? And and this happens more than not, but a lot of people wander around, and then they might see see somebody or something, and then th- that'll bring them back in, and they might say, oh, yeah, they'd say, oh, yeah, you just live right up there, mm-hmm. and you'll walk up there. Well, I'm glad this story had a happy ending I, I, and a good I'm, ending. I'm glad, too, but, you know, it it does, it does bring about something, too, that we don't need to sensationalize everything. The police. I don't know why you're bringing out dogs. <laughs> you're going to different counties and stuff like that instead of just looking at the the the, the facts of what the illness is that this guy has. Right. Obviously, he's walking. He, you know, he's he's not flying an airplane. No. Nope. So he's not going too far. Nope. He's you not. You know, set your perimeter up and then expand on it. Not expand on it. Then bring it in. You were going about it in the wrong way. Yep, he was. I think anyway, but all right. So now <laughs> it is time we go from the old to the young to the young people. Let's the young people where we need to stone them. They need to be stoned. Stone them. <laughs> no, let me stop. No, wait. Before we even get into this, before we get into this, let's talk about them kids on those bikes. On, oh. I saw a video of the kids 
running a red light. This is over by Main Street. The light was red. They pulled up to the red light and then just started going while the light was still red. And then when the light turned green, one of the kids on the bikes turned around and started riding towards the drivers who were then proceeding to go through the red light, through the green light. And then swerved off. Uh, Troop, I know a lot of people are saying that these kids should not be arrested and their kids will be kids and the kids need That's a place to say. play and everything. They need a place. They though. need to. Stone. They Stone. need to be. Those kids that are running out in traffic like that need to be arrested, Troop. They need. I, I, they don't need to be arrested. They need to be educated. They, they they need to be educated and like I said before, why don't we just get some trucks or something like that? Put these kids on the trucks and introduce them to some some kind of biking habit and stuff and some in in the woods so they can do mountain biking or make better bike trails for them to, to ride on and stuff. Just get, kids are gonna act up. A lot. Yeah, so they got all this adrenaline. But if you show love to these kids and, and, and show them that, hey, this is uh, uh, this is an exciting way to go break your arm. Come on, let me show you. You know, <laughs> and they're not harming anybody else by, by swerving at them and stuff. You know, it's a tricky situation. But stoning them, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> I still say true. Listen, I am a driver, and I am afraid that one day I might take well, right. I might take some knucklehead knucklehead's life yeah. for driving in the traffic like a fool trying to get an uh, adrenaline rush. Yeah. I should not be the victim of an adrenaline rush. I agree, hundred percent. Nor should I be the victim of it. But don't, don't do it in front of me. <laughs> right. Put him in jail. I don't. I don't think putting them in jail and stuff like that. But they have to. Be, they're fearless at that age. Yeah, you yeah. know, and that's a big problem. How do you combat fearlessness? Right. Oh, I know how you combat fearlessness <laughs> by getting a, by getting a jolt of a wake up call when one kid ends up dying for riding like that. This is what's well, going to happen. Be, the kid becomes a martyr. Then he doesn't become. He doesn't become a wake up call to your to 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 the adrenaline rush that you get and that fearlessness. He becomes a martyr and they have their first funeral and everybody rides their bikes to the funeral. That's what happens. He's going to become a wake up call that something's going to have to be done to enforce these laws more about these kids on these bikes. Then, then something will be done about enforcing and the law. That's what I'm talking about. And that'll be a hot thing. How do you enforce a law on riding the bikes? I'll tell you how. Two kids got arrested this weekend. Not you know why? Riding in the park in, in a uh, garage, parking garage, yeah. riding towards people. Guess what? One of them had a knife on them, and they were both wearing masks. Yeah. What the hell do you need to wear a mask for riding in bikes unless you know you're going to be doing something you're not supposed to be doing? Well, they did that. They were trespassing. They knew they were. Yep. They 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 knew that they were breaking the law. And they got arrested. And they got arrested. Applaud that. <laughs> Throw those little bastards in jail. I'm so happy. You so happy with that? Yes. Children need to... Teenagers especially. I don't know why we have... I believe the children are our future. I agree they are our future. But that does not mean that they are absolved from the law. No, exactly true. I agree 100% they are not to be absolved from the law. If you break the law, you pay the consequences. But... 
what they're doing in the street, riding their bike and stuff like this, they're a nuisance. Mm -hmm. That's what they are. They're a nuisance, and it's like, how do you control a nuisance? This is the problem. This is a big problem. Yes, it is. And, and like I said, my idea with that is get some flatbed trucks, put them on the trucks, take them out there in them woods and let them ride bikes down the hill, break up all their arms and legs. I'm, all, I'm like all for that, too. You know, but I guess what happens when they break their arms and their legs? Their parents are going to come and want to sue the truck people for bringing them out there and letting them do it. <laughs> well, this is a catch-22 troop. It is. Stone them. Stone them. Yeah, I, I think I, I still like my better than Stoner, but if all else were fails, <laughs> Stoner. Uh, Tough Love Program aims to support youths accused of family violence while protecting victims. Let me what explain does that this. Mean? Right, yes. You stole them for riding bikes now. <laughs> yes, stole Tough Love. A first in the state pilot program aims to keep youths accused of domestic violence out of the criminal justice system and to help their families get services to, to stay safe at home. Unlike adult domestic violence cases, which typically involve violence against spouses, partners, boyfriends, or girlfriends, around three quarters of cases in which a juvenile faces a domestic violence charges involve violence by a child against a parent or sibling, according to Carol Erkstein, First Justice of Worcester Juvenile Court. A $23,000 grant awarded to the city from the Office of the Commissioner of Probation pays for a case manager at the Worcester Courthouse employed by U Inc. to immediately assess what Judge Erk, I'm sorry, Erskine, Erskine termed family chaos cases. The case manager determines whether it's safe for the accused youth to return home and then helps get services such as therapy in place to prevent future outbursts. True. Stone. Stone. There are such things as bad kids. Yeah. And sometimes the bad kids have to face their responsibilities. Really? They have to be held accountable. Yeah. We want to give youth passes on oh they're just youth they're just youth i don't care you already got their uh things that they do as youths uh sealed after they become an adult don't you yeah but see, that's the whole thing that that the kids now i, I wouldn't want to be a kid today why not they're boring they can do whatever they want they got little gadgets attached to them yeah they got gadgets they do all kinds of things that are boring mm. It's all boring to me. This is a boring little juvenile type of existence that they have. Then they go home in their, in their houses, and I don't know what their houses are like. And then they have violence in the house. Yep. How, how, how do you lose that much control in your house? Oh, it's easy because in our day, and in my day especially, your parents were able to whoop, whoop your behind. That's if you nice. acted up in front of my mother and father... You would be in a world of hurt. Right. Now we live in an age where if you touch your kids, oh, that's abuse. You get arrested. You, you go to jail. Good. You lose custody of your kids. You can't do anything. You can't discipline your kids anymore. Well, so these kids walk around with an attitude and think that they could talk to you any way they want and they want to ride out in the street on their bicycles towards cars coming at them and then face no, oh, let's not arrest them. 
We don't want to discipline kids for anything anymore. We don't want to arrest them. We don't want to spank them. We don't want to do anything to hold them accountable for their actions. Now, if they go and beat up members of their family households, we're going to try to make it so they can go back and not have anything to worry about. This yeah. is insanity, True. Yeah, really? There's a whole bunch of this stuff like this. And one of the things I would suggest to people and stuff, start disciplining your kids when they're born. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. It start the disciplinary, disciplinary action when they're toddlers. Yep, when they're little itty bitty crumb snatches off the table. Right, and you start when you say no, make you no no. Right, don't be beating your kids because they're crying. They're no. babies. They're supposed to cry. Don't yeah. be beating the infants. Yeah. You get that love when the love is due, but when they when when they when they're acting up and everything. For their own safety, mm-hmm. you got to discipline. The kid don't want to be disciplined to hide in it at all. Right. And don't be afraid if your kid looks you in the face with the big crocodile tears and says, I hate you. Say, thank you. I'm mm-hmm. doing my job. Right. You're supposed to hate me because I told you you can't do something. Yep. No. I've had two daughters told me that they've <laughs> hate me within the past six months, and I'm cool with both of them now. Even my older daughter yeah. went to... Her graduation, talked to her, love her. She called me yesterday. We had a long talk. Everything's copacetic with us now. But at, before then, I was the worst human being <laughs> on planet Earth to both of them. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know, but... But to, you, beating them, beating the, beating the child and stuff, if they need a smack on that behind... Give him one. That's your right. behind. Well, I don't know if that's good <laughs> advice because you can get someone arrested for doing that now. Don't too. kill them. Don't kick them. Don't smash their little heads into mm-hmm. walls and stuff. But if they need a womp on the butt, mm-hmm. give them one. So I've tried to cut back <laughs> on uh, spanking my kids you and will. everything, right? Yeah. I did. I cut back on it, and then I had an in-home therapist come over, right? Mm-hmm. And I put my kid in timeout in front of her. And I said, go in the corner and stand in timeout. Do you know that they told me that putting them in timeout was too harsh? Too harsh? Yeah. Having a kid stand in the corner. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know what. I was like, I can't even put my kid in. So what am I supposed to do when my child looks me in my face and and curses at me or looks me in my face and give me the middle finger? What am I supposed to do? Just tell them I love them and let them continue to do what they want? How no, true. This is a serious question. How are we supposed to discipline our kids today? How are we supposed to teach the kids that doing anything is wrong? This is just like the bike thing, the yeah. bicycle thing. Oh no, don't arrest the kids. Oh no, just give them something else. Give them what they want. That sounds like a holdup. Give them what they want. That sounds real bad to me. I I can't say I'm the best the best person to talk about talk about how to raise children and stuff like mm-hmm. this. Two of my kids came out good. One, one dead because of drugs. Well, you can bring them to the water troop. You can't make them drink. No, you can only teach them the right. You can teach them what's right from wrong and give them the understanding of right from wrong. But God don't force us, to, His kids, to do anything. What no. makes we can't force them to do right I, or wrong? No, I taught them all. I mean, he, he, you know, Alex. He was always a good kid too. Mm-hmm. Six months before he he even died, he jumped on a. A guy gave him CPR and stuff like this mm-hmm. here, you know? Yeah. While he was still trying to go find his heroin, he took time out of his heroin search to give CPR to an elderly gentleman, save right. his life, and then go on about his business to get his heroin. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But that's what he does. You know? To raise a kid, 
it's huge. Mm-hmm. And you just can't do it by yourself. Right. But you can't do it by letting the kid be the one orchestrating how the, the punishments are going to go or how his life's. You know, he gets the right to choose his life, but you get the right to direct it. Mm-hmm. And if you're not directing that choice of, of of where they're going, then then don't don't be upset when when they don't turn out to what you want. Right. You know, even even you know, hard as you try, it still might fail. So that's why you got to say that you were a good parent, because all you can do as a good parent is just tell them what's right. What's the way to go and what's the way not to go? Yeah, to I show. feel like I've told my kids what's right from wrong oh, up to this you're point. A great parent. Thank you. I appreciate I, it. I, I enjoy staying in the studio after uh, <laughs> on Wednesday just to enjoy all the love that's surrounded in this house. And that's another thing that that if you got a house that ain't got love surrounding it, mm-hmm. then get it. Yeah, get that love because you're 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 doomed. Right. You're, you're doomed. But my concern, Troop, is that if there is a revolt in my house, <laughs> and usually with parents, your children do try to revolt at least twice during you raising them. Now, I'm talking about two serious revolts. Like, I am not going to listen to you. You're not going to tell me what to oh, do. Yeah, you get that. I can't do anything. There's nothing. I, my hands are tied by the law. The, I, the law, I think, is out of control. Yes. I blame that on Kennedy. <laughs> You blame it on John F. Kennedy? John F. Kennedy, because he couldn't shut up Jacqueline, so he made social services and put her in charge. <laughs> wow. Look what we got. We got a whole bunch of little girls from suburbia coming down in the city, talking about how to raise a city child. It's like you don't even know how to comb their hair. Mm-hmm. Never mind talking about how to raise them. Yep. You don't know anything about them. Right. Uh, yeah, and you could go to school and you could learn all the Marxism you want to and all the, these social programs and you can learn about reciprocities and all this stuff like this. But then again, you come back into the city where, where and you can't even comb their hair. Right. And you were right with the social aspect, Troop. These social justice warriors are the reason why we can't do anything to our kids anymore. Yeah. Why we can't even hit on a woman anymore. If I say, hey, I think you're attractive. Oh my gosh that's harassment you yeah. can't do anything to anyone for anything I just want to put myself in a glass cube <laughs> a glass bubble and not interact with anybody because I'm afraid any interaction I have with any human being is going to result in me being a hater a rapist a misogynist a abuser a violent person an evil person a sadistic person you just can't do anything without being labeled by social justice warriors now yeah but i don't give a damn <laughs> social justice warriors. stone them okay nothing about them yeah it's like go ahead this is this is your time going out there and touchy feely the world all up and everything. I already lived through that. Yep. We put flowers all over people and stuff and smoked the, the residue. <laughs> yeah. So we're really <laughs> going to focus on services to keep kids out of the court, she said. Children have to be released to the custody of someone, and we're sending the alleged perpetrator to live with the victim? That she said that in adult domestic violence cases, the judge can order the alleged abuser out of the home. It's very different and requires a completely different analysis than it does in the district court with the relationship violence. So if my daughter 
<laughs> ever was violent with anyone in this house. And let's say she hit my wife. And uh, a couple times it's come to that. <laughs> she never did, but it's come close. I don't know if I would let her back in my house. But that's your that's your that's your prerogative. Yep. That's your prerogative. But don't don't you can't get upset about what the results are gonna be. Yeah, oh no, I would let her so see, I would let her back in my house, but it wouldn't be on some like, oh, the day after, oh yeah, since we're the parents, come back in the house and be like, No, I want her to go to jail. I want her to know what go. that they behavior should. is going to do to her exactly. in the future. Exactly. That's the way I would do something. It's like, this is the consequences for your actions. Right. Not that you're going to get a, a big bowl of sugar. Yep. No. Nah, you don't get, get consequences anymore, no, and, and compa- They don't. And comparing them to an adult situation, which makes me laugh, because I, I heard half of a commercial. I don't even know what it was about and mm-hmm. stuff. But the end was, in, in this commercial, it, it said, you... You knew I was a snake when you brought me into your house. Mm. That's domestic violence on an adult thing. Mm -hmm. You know, if if you bring the snake into your house, don't get upset if it bites you. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But with your child, that's not applicable. It does. You're raising the child. Mm -hmm. So are you raising a snake? Then you know, don't be upset if that bites you. But if, if if you're getting in a, a relationship with somebody, you know what that person's going to be like. Mm-hmm. And if you take that relationship to the furthest end and bring it home and, and, and everything, and it bites you, don't get upset. Nope. <laughs> don't get upset. Well, all right. Stone it. <laughs> Stone it. It is... 10.58, which means it is coming to the end of Truth It In The AM. We're going to have to head over on down to Main Street to the WCUW headquarters. Yeah. So we can record at the studio uh, 91.3 FM, Voice of the Voiceless. And we, yeah, coming gonna... on right after Mongo Time with Rosie and Chuck. Yeah, and we're going to stay Focused on the politics. Yeah, focused on the election. The so seven things. Call in if you want to. Text if you want to. Yep. Give your opinion. Give your voice on the politics. This is your last chance for two years. Yep. Get it out there. But come through the door down on Main Street to the studio itself. Form lines to come in and voice your opinion on the air to the other people out there yep. about what you want your city to look like. Because after today, it's two years before you get to make a change. And the changes in the city are going fast. I don't think a lot of you residents will still be here right. in two years. Yeah, So come on down to, to the studio, WCUW. Yep. Or just listen in on 91.3. And most of all, folks, when you're out there, you still, if you haven't voted yet or when you're going out there to vote and everything, vote your conscience, not your heart. Mm. You know, just because you think they're a nice person or they, they wear good clothes or, or some other thing, don't, don't, don't just make that why you vote for the person. If you think they're a person with integrity, you think they're a person with, with some form of intelligence, you think they're a person who has your best interest at heart, mm-hmm. now nah, cast that vote upon the water. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you, you know, don't vote for them because their, their shoes are shined. Right. Or, you know, nah. Okay, so uh, 
we will let you guys go now and we will be back for Voice of the Voices at uh, 12 o'clock on WCUW 91.3. It is your boy, Truth It. I'll holler. This is uh, Trooper Joe and I'm telling everybody to go have that fun. All right.